You ready for this big score? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, what'd the boss say? He says it's going to be the biggest score of all time. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I could use a big score. Just so long as he doesn't show up. Oh, don't even say his name. Fear me! Oh, no. Pow! Biff! Smack him! Theme song! Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerdfight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here today to draft henchmen. Henchmen. The men who hench. I do love a good hench. A mensch of a hench, if you will. A mensch of a hench? Of course. I'm really excited for this. I've got, I think, a pretty good list of some some henchmen old and new some classics some some sleeper hits that i believe will make my make a really solid list of of five great henchmen and i think it really comes down to do you go depth or breadth do you take something like a really solid number 2 or do you take like a team a crew of bad of bad guys that, well, not as well defined, you know, make up a, a core of henching. Yeah, and if you don't take a really solid number two, are there supplements for that? Uh, yes, there are. Could you take some fiber? Or uh, some, some lactate pills? Actually, no, that's because my... Never mind. Um, still feeling the results of that cheese draft. Okay. Well, also, we just ate pizza. That's true. It didn't. It, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a horror it's, show. Yeah, actually, I we should have asked. Yeah, um, I would not have made that choice, but everybody else seemed to be involved, and I didn't want to rock the boat. Well, I mean, it's not every day that pizza shows up mysteriously, despite the fact that we don't order pizza and cannot receive pizza in the bunker. I mean, if the film, true. if the film documentary Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles proves anything, they will deliver to sewers. Well, yes, but in our case, it was, you know, 17 pizza boxes on the backs of many man spiders. They're really diversifying. Henry is doing a great job of, like, making his hench team work for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's downright terrifying. Especially impressive. Especially because some of the, the man spiders are starting to get knuckle tattoos. They're real, real rough now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to mess with no man spiders. I'd say the, the spider web tattoos are intimidating, but they're it's really on brand for Actually, a man spider. So, so you said <laughs> you said you don't want to mess with no man's spiders. That is a game a video game mashup that I do not want to play. No man's spiders. No man's spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I hear since the latest update, it's been actually more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they finally promised on all that terrifying that they were talking about before release. <laughs> finally starting to deliver on those promises. So man spider. By the logical reversal of the items, are we to assume that all of those spiders 
all of them, all of the men, all of the man spiders in our bunker were once spiders that were bitten by men. Or men that were bitten by spider. I, I don't know how it works. So Spider Man DNA mutation is Spi- weird. Spider Man was a man bit by a spider. Yeah, Spider Man, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, Man Spider was a spider bit by a man. Now Man Spider. I mean, but both Batman and Man Bat were at the start a man. It's true. But only Man Bat became a bat. Yes. Yeah. So it's more about they're more spider than man than man than spider. Okay, so Spider-Man is more man than spider. Man-spiders man are more yeah. spider than man. Interesting. So yeah. whichever one comes first is not the preferred... It is the modifier. Yeah, it's the adjective. Gotcha. Or the adverb, sorry. Okay. Or is it my... Am I, you're married to an English teacher. Uh, it is the uh, adjective. Adverb is uh, modifying the verb. An adjective is modifying the noun. Okay, so I was right the first time. Yeah, so very fast is an adverb. Uh, man is an adjective. Yes. Okay. And and they are very yes. fast. Yes. yes. They are very fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whew, they can run. Yes. They don't seem to get tired either. No, mm-hmm. it's a problem. Is um <clears throat> is gore covered an adjective? Uh yes. Okay. Cool. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris, you've got first pick. Cool. I don't have to think about this one at all. In fact, I didn't have to because I knew I would be going first. Uh, so I get to take the henchmen so nice they used him twice Jaws. Okay. Three times if you count that horrible, horrible video game. <laughs> Jafer does and I don't. It's true. Uh, except that Jafer, <laughs> in choosing it, made you pay a ton of attention to it. Yeah. And that was really funny. <laughs> it, it worked out really well for me. I'm still not over it. I did replay a bit of it, but regardless, Jaws is probably the iconic Bond henchman. Um, He is and was so popular that they brought him back for a second film. They even gave him a happy ending. That doesn't happen to henchmen. He was that popular and he remains one of the more just like iconic looking henchmen of the wider film universe. Well, Mm -hmm. I also believe that when they just decided to make Moonraker and they just copy and pasted uh um oh why am i uh what's the the first one uh oh fudge the first one the first one with jaws it's the immediately preceding uh uh thunder was it the spy who loved me yes he is in the spy who loved me yeah the spy who loved me which is the underwater version they just copy and pasted underwater to space and just left jaws in the script yeah Uh, (laughs) Because it is it's, the same fucking movie. It, it's real. It's real close. <laughs> They're very similar movies. But Jaws is great. I I approve of the pick. Good first pick. Also, Detroit local. Yeah. 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 He was Pops. also in. The, he was also in the film. Uh, Billy Madison, right? No, Happy Gilmore. Isn't Happy, Happy Gilmore? Gilmore yeah. Isn't yep. Happy Gilmore? Sorry, I didn't. Don't kill people. I, I kill, kill people. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun times. All right, Ben, your first pick. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is tough. I've got a really, really deep list. I've got over, I've got 15 picks on here. Oh, and, wow. Um, but I'm going to go with my main man, the, the guy who was such a great henchman. They made a prequel trilogy about him, Darth Vader. He's the Emperor's sidekick. 
He is the henchman. Hmm. The upper the Empire isn't defeated by Darth Vader switching sides. It's defeated by Darth Vader killing the Emperor. My issue with him being considered a henchman is that he's a primary character. Not that he's not subservient to the Emperor. I mean, in the first movie, he's subservient to Grand Moff Tarkin. It's true. Hmm. How do you feel, Chris? Is Vader too major of a character to count as a henchman? Maybe, but I think I want to have conver- I want to have conversations about about Vader. Okay. <clears throat> I think that makes for a better podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I is Vader a henchman in the sense that he works for the main villain? Yes. Not, no no doubt there. Mm-hmm. And if that's the precedent we want to use, cool. I've got I've got other ones that require that to be the the main thrust, so I'm I'm Okay. I'm definitely on board for that. Sure. Okay, cool. Um <clears throat> Well, I guess in a similar regard, um I think I'm gonna take Yeah. I'm gonna take Grima Wormtongue. Yeah. Ooh. Good choice. Definitely yeah. def- that's a solid henchman. Yeah, he's he's just worm tonguing about, you know. Uh, oh, I, I hate the usage of worm tonguing. Yeah, I hate the usage of worm tongue as a verb. Um, um, so that that would be my first pick, and I get two in a row here. Um, and I'd like to establish a precedent with okay. this pick going forward. Okay. Um, there are two types of henchmen in the world. There are named henchmen, and then there are collective henchmen. Yes. Sure. Um, so, like, you could go Darth Vader, or you could go Stormtroopers. Yeah. Or you can go both and go Nazgul. Yeah. Yeah, Nazgul is on my list, um, but not what I'm taking right now, because I want to take the henchman for something that we're going to see develop probably over the next year or two. Oh, boy. And I'm real curious to see where it goes. I'm drafting the man spiders in the bunker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess we did set that up. Yeah, they are. They are a oh, very sorry, powerful sorry. hench team. Henry set that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the man spiders in the bunker. Although that implies that my son is a villain. Yes, it does. I, I we don't can, know if I cotton to that. <laughs> we this is this is a conversation. This is a conversation, and we should not have this conversation on pod. So, are you afraid that Henry will listen to it and send his man spiders after you? Partly, yes. See, um, that's why I'm showing support for the man spiders right now, and I want that to be noted. And I'm showing support by saying they're the good guys. So, okay. Um, okay, so I think I think Ben's voting no on this. I know I'm letting I'm no no I'm no. letting you pick them, but okay. I'm saying history will will prove me right. I will say though, you're picking man spiders. You know that the next week is going to be kind of strange for you, right? I'm hoping that I get some more pizza, to be perfectly honest. I guess... Oh. Oh, maybe it was an open bribe from the very beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Funny when things work out like that. All right, Ben. Okay, well, now I'm going to both film and literature to go to one of our most prominent and storied henchmen... I'm going to go with the sidekick of the sidekick. I am going with uh, 
the evil King John's sidekick, the Sheriff of Nottingham's sidekick, Guy of Gisborne. All right. Adversary of Robin Hood, Thor in his side, and the knight who is always trying to take him down. All right, Guy. So according to a recent film that I saw uh, starring Russell Crowe, the real Robin Hood died and was replaced by a weird dude from the Crusades. Does that affect any of your your canon? No. No. That is that movie was not good and it makes me so mad because it was originally based on one of the coolest script ideas I've ever heard. It was based on a, uh, a script about, it was called The Sheriff of Nottingham, and it was a uh, a crime uh, detective story where it's the, the Sheriff of Nottingham doing his job trying to find out who is ransacking all of these uh, uh, traveling noblemen and pillaging all these caravans and uh, being a detective trying to hunt down Robin Hood. Hmm. And instead they made... An incredibly bland Robin Hood film. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know that the word bland could be used to describe the new Robin Hood film uh, with um, Eggsy from, yeah, from uh, Kingsman. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks very flippy. It looks There's, like... There are a lot of flips it in, looks the, in like the trailer. Very, very similar to the vein of the most recent King Arthur movie, and I have only heard bad things about it. It, that movie looks like somebody taught Will Ospreay and Ricochet how to shoot a bow and arrow and just went crazy with it. That is a one percenter there. Jerry. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Yep. But if, if you do like Robin Hood, I can't recommend highly enough the BBC Robin Hood TV show. Uh, it is really, really low budget, but in a very fun way. Hmm. Sometimes low budget forces production to... Uh, change things in ways that make things better. Yeah. yeah. So, like Robin Hood e- and like his- Evangelion. Like Evangelion. Uh, I'm a big fan of the last two episodes of Evangelion, <laughs> and this might be the hill I die on, and that's fine. Um, but Robin Hood and his Merry Men are seven of them. There is no extended band that <laughs> is not the explicitly named people, and it leads to one of my favorite lines in all of TV, where one of the villains is threatening them, oh, you think you can stop our plans? We have an army. Uh, you think you can stop us by yourself? And he goes, no, not by myself. There's six or seven of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, Chris. Back to me. <clears throat> I get two in a row. Yeah. Um, which means I have some really great things to choose from. Um, I'm going to start with somebody who most people will not know as a henchman, or henchwoman, rather. Um, this character began their career uh, as a henchwoman mm-hmm. in an animated show. One of the best animated shows of all time, in fact. Batman the Animated Series. Mm. This character is now... One of the most important characters in DC's extended universe, as well as in their comic books. Um, so I am choosing Harley Quinn. Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Mm-hmm. I think it's Quinzel. I think Could it's be. Quinzel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Harley Quinn is uh, a 
perfectly conceived character. Like you wanted a foil for the Joker in in terms of like a kind of mouthy, uh, agile, acrobatic sidekick. Basically, um, the inverse kind of of Robin. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that character has gone on to do many, many great things. I'm glad it has grown past what it basically became in its sophomore iteration, where it was an incredibly uh, bad representation of a relationship, and now she is more of a well-rounded and recognized character. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call that the sophomore iteration of the character. That's probably the Gotham City Sirens version where she was openly dating Poison Ivy for no, a I'm while. I'm saying that's where it got better. Yeah. After she was just the sidekick to they were in a okay. bad codependent relationship where things were yes. not good. I mean, yeah. it's the Joker. He's not going to be in a well-regulated relationship, but mm-hmm. she's she is more than just his brow-beaten girlfriend. She is but yeah. brilliant <laughs> and dangerous in her own right. But yeah. As a character who now kind of sits on the side of, like, if not outright heroes, then anti-heroes uh, for DC, DC's continuity, her status starting off as a henchwoman, I think, is really important to her character. Overall. And she came up with the best name for the Arrow's hideout, the Quiver. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, I should probably take this next one. Um. Do we got to cue the stinger? <laughs> <laughs> no, <clears throat> there's been no new uh, Dune news uh, since we last recorded. I don't think we need to cue the stinger. Uh, but, but can we cue the stinger? Yeah, you can just play it. Resident Visions. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Moods a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. Not in the mood for details. Now you listen to me. Details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. Present visions of Dune. All right, there it was. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm not taking anybody from Dune today. You, you don't want to make some predictions or anything? It is prescient visions. Do I have to make a prescient vision every time we play that stinger? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. That's the rule. Okay, uh, Roger Ebert really likes the new Dune film. He's dead. He's been dead for a while. I've been in this bunker too long. <laughs> I think it stands. Maybe we never get to find out if that prediction is true. Yeah. I think he really likes it. So, Okay. All right, that's been another prescient vision of Dune. Okay. Cool. Um, no, I'm going to go a little bit more fantasy for this one. I think, mm-hmm. um, this character, um, uh, you know, he killed my father. Yeah. Prepare to die. Uh, mm. I'm going for the count with a six finger on his right hand. Okay. Count Rugen from the princess bride. Great pick. Great pick. Yes. Uh, oh man, I love, I love his bit at the end where he just drops his sword and runs away. <laughs> it's the funniest bit in a very, very funny movie. It's yeah. real good. Mm-hmm. 
Christopher Guest is amazing. Christopher Guest, yes. I <laughs> the first time I realized that was Christopher Guest, I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that in terms of iconic uh, henchman hero, fa- uh, you know, like face-offs, um, you can do a lot worse than you know the Inigo Montoya Count Rugen. Um, Rivalry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm on board. Good pick. Yep. Ben. All right. Uh, well, similar to uh, to Chris here, I am going to also do a quote from my movie. Um, where is it? And this is one of my favorite th- things about this movie. The bit that introduces this character was ad-libbed by uh, the director because he saw the actor practicing his lines and thought it was such a interesting uh, character trait that he just added the character in the background of the beginning of this film practicing this speech. Okay. Don Corleone, I am honored and grateful you have invited me to your daughter's <laughs> wedding on the day of your daughter's wedding. And I hope their first child is a masculine child. <laughs> I pledge my ever-ending loyalty. Luca Brasi from The Godfather. All right. Truly a mensch hench. I'm sure Geeky Greek is very happy right now. Well, they're, they're Italian, not, not Greek. Well, no, our friend. Oh, I mean, yeah. Geeky Greek Gamer, who uh, loves is that a cinephile, film. yeah. Yeah, uh, it is a great he's movie. Very happy with that and Luca Brasi is so cool and dangerous, and it is <laughs> a shame how short of a time he spends in that movie. Yeah, now Geeky Greek Gamer would have been much happier had we picked uh, Luca's um, Greek cousin, Nico Brasi. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wanted to show up to the wedding, um, but his car broke down on the side of the road on the way there. Oh, That's why huh. he doesn't show up in the rest of the film. It just works out better for him that way, probably. Yeah. Probably. Most of the people in that movie die. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots of dead people. Anyways, uh, so I've got two picks back-to-back here. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite overarching themes with henchmen is the named number. <laughs> right? You don't get a name. You've got your number. So I've got two picks, and I know I'm doing with them. First, I want the duo of 21 and 24 from the Venture Brothers. I, 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 I knew they would get picked. They are a great pair. Um, I love Venture Brothers uh, from the start, but when that transformed into something else, bordering <laughs> obsession was season two, when they're like, or maybe it was the start of season three, where they're getting like, he's pick, um, I forget who's picking up who. I think twenty one's picking up twenty four, and he's like honking the horn in uh, Gustav Holst's Mars, <laughs> just to like get him amped to go hench. <laughs> so, I love, I love it. Also, am I misremembering? Don't they eventually become their own uh, evil duo? Uh, you are misremembering ish. Okay. Um. There's a promotion, but it's... How much Adventure Brothers have you seen? 
I don't remember. However much was on Netflix, which I was not okay. much. Not both of those <laughs> characters survive oh, okay. to that moment. Um, but a character who does survive, uh, despite being very badly burned at one point, <laughs> I believe, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly. Nice segue. <laughs> Uh, is uh, number two from Austin Powers. <laughs> no, number two doesn't get burnt. Mustafa gets burnt. Oh, Mustafa gets burnt. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mustafa played by uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. um, regardless, um, I love all the henchmen in Austin Powers. It's great. Um, number two. Um, oh, so you're taking number two, I'm not taking, Mustafa. I'm taking number two. Okay. Um, mostly for your evil billionaire mastermind has run away in the 60s. You have... This evil empire, <laughs> and so you turn it into a cable magnet in the downtime, and a giant conglomerate corporation. It ends up owner of Starbucks. Starbucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. Just like everything is too perfect with all of that. So I'm going with uh, number two from Austin Powers. Good pick. Good pick. <laughs> all right. Hmm. Oh, this this is nuffed. This is nuts. Okay, you got two left. I know, and I'm going to be leaving a bunch of people I love on the table because they're. they're I found a lot of really really good henchmen, but I'm going to go with some henchmen bring the brains, some henchmen bring the brawn, mm-hmm. some are just <laughs> sneaky rats who bring the funny. So I'm taking Benny from The Mummy. <laughs> he is one of my favorite henchmen from one of my favorite movies. He is just the slimy guy trying to survive. <laughs> For a second, you said sneaky rat. <laughs> the, oh, Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> I mean, another great choice. He's, he's solid henchman. He but, is a sneaky rat. <laughs> yeah. But Benny has some of the funniest runaway moments. And even though he has been betraying everyone throughout the entirety of the film... You still feel kind of bad when he dies in a incredibly horrible fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Fuck Benny. Oh. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, who's better? What do you got? Um. I also have. I have three. I have three things on my list, and I can only pick two of them. Yeah. I've already got. Two henchmen from film, one henchman from comics slash movies slash TV, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna remove one of these. Um, well, I'm gonna remember to keep their names uh, because I don't remember their names otherwise. Um, yeah, and I mean we do have some honorable mentions coming yes. up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna start off with um, one of my favorite video game henchmen. Ooh. Um, and this one is interesting because definitively, when you first see them, they're henchmen. Um, in terms of like how uh, video games work, really henchmen would be mini bosses, or I guess they'd be bosses, but they'd be everything except the final boss. Right. It's kind of a henchman, right? Yeah. Um, so, for instance, uh, in Metal Gear Solid, one of the henchmen would be. Revolver Ocelot. Yes. Now, Revolver Ocelot has a really complicated story. Well, 
He starts off... And it's complicated even for Metal Gear standards, which is saying something. Even by Metal Gear Solid standards, Revolver Ocelot's story remains at least partially unresolved, I think, and will forever be unresolved. There are some things that happen off camera that we just were never going to know. Yeah. But I still think that in terms of, like, iconic bosses, like video game bosses slash henchmen Mm -hmm. of the PlayStation era, uh, that fight with him in the... uh, C4 rigged room uh, with the DARPA chief. Is it the DARPA chief or is it the... That is the DARPA chief. Yeah, with the DARPA chief, um, you know, tied up onto a column. Um, that's That was a, a, a moment in video games that I remember vividly. Hearing Ocelot taunting me as we ran around in this really small room just trying to shoot the fuck out of each other. Um, it got a lot weirder. From that point on, it got real weird. Um but so I'm choosing Revolver Ocelot. All right. It is weird. I know I did not play... I played the GameCube version of that game, okay. so not the definitive version, but I remember the... Uh, the uh, Was it Sniper Wolf? Yeah. And Psycho Mantis ones way more than I remember Revolver Ocelot, but I also understand just how important he is to Metal Gear yeah. as a thing. So... so I can explain why that is because there's actually a very good reason why he's less memorable in that specific version of the game, which is twin snakes. Yes. And more memorable in the PlayStation one slash PSX version. Um, because twin snakes is the definitive version of metal gear solid. Okay. Don't know if, but they added a feature that was included in all of the other Metal Gear Solid games that was not in the PlayStation 1 version. First-person mode? Which is first-person mode. Okay, You yes. don't have that in the PlayStation 1 version of the game, which means you are blindly shooting at Revolver Ocelot down the hallways because you can't see him mm-hmm. in the four corners of the room. It's also okay. why, it's also why your standard, um, like, tactic for that fight isn't to shoot him at all. It's to, like, lay down bombs. St- stun, stun grenades and C4s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah, you have to use the radar to kind of guess where and the sound to guess where he's at and shoot accordingly. That sounds like it would be a much more terrifying fight. It is. It's a significantly harder fight, and it makes you respect the character more, if that makes sense. You have to work for it harder. Yeah. So you... Yeah. Yeah. Which means a lot for a favorite video game boss. Yep. Yeah. And also it's like... I mean, not to like wax philosophical, like game philosophical. Uh, we can. We can. We, we for is, sure can. We're running is, down low on time, so <laughs> just go for it. It is, um, it is, in terms of like a video game boss encounter, it is pretty perfectly considered because um, Revolver Ocelot's defining characteristic is that he's like a super good shot with his revolvers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he can like ricochet with precision. So he can shoot bullets around corners, right? So what do you have in the room where you're fighting him? Four corners, right? Mm-hmm. Now you think if you're, if there are four corners in this room, why wouldn't I just, you know, like shoot through the middle of the room? Oh, there's the DARPA chief. Yep. <laughs> Can't shoot him. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you try and spray and pray in this room, you'll hit some C4 and it'll blow up. Yep. Um, now the other thing that defines revolver ocelot is his mouth, Right. He's a talker. He's a talker. And this boss battle is paced such that you have plenty of time to hear him talk to you. Um, Just talk mad shit to you. And in fact, he spends most of that boss battle not fi- firing his gun, but reloading it. Yep. And talking shit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that sets him up as a character who, you know, like you understand that like the actual combat with, with, with revolver Ocelot is not terribly important. What he's saying, what he knows, these are things that are more important. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why when you have first person mode, that fight lasts three, five minutes and you call it good yeah. as opposed to the PlayStation version where that fight could last 15 to 20 minutes. All right. Yeah. Makes as, sense. Especially if you were trying to go for the, the stamina kill. And you were young. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a super tight boss battle. Like it's a really, really like small quarters. Um, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic battle. Yeah. All right. Fantastic character. You got one more, Chris. This last one's a little, I will admit it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, it's a stretch because most people um, would consider that this video game doesn't quite have an antagonist. Um, at least not one that's easy to identify. Part of the setting of this game is that things are kind of woozy and fever dreamish. Um, the game that I'm talking about is Silent Hill 2. Okay. Um, but really, when you dig down on it, Silent Hill 2 is about a man's sense of guilt and sexual aggression slash repression. That is the antagonist of the game. Yeah. And the henchman to that antagonist is Pyramid Head. Okay. Who is basically an avatar of guilt and sexual aggression slash repression. He also has a really sweet pyramid thing on his head. Yeah, he wears a really weird pyramid thing on his head. Hence the name Pyramid Head. And he's got a buster sword, basically. Yeah, giant-ass cleaver thing. It's called the Great Cleaver, but it's a buster sword. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to take Pyramid Head. I don't really know what I'm going to do with him. But he's a henchman. Yeah. Yeah. He is a henchman at that. All right. Ben, you got one more pick. Yeah, I do. One last time. One last time. God. Sorry, I'm, we're going to see Hamilton this week, and I'm super excited. So, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tough. Teach them how to eat some pie. Because... <laughs> On one hand, I've got my favorite on here. Yeah. But then how do I go and not pick a James Bond henchman in the henchman draft? Um, Jaws is already taken, so I mean, spoken for. I know, but I have several henchmen I like more than Jaws. Yeah. Um, I mean, but they're not your favorite. No. And so I'm going to go... uh, I'm going to go with... My favorite henchman in all of media, Damar from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, Damar. <laughs> Damar, who Damar is, is just such a bad rap sometimes. He's he? just the second in, in command on a shitty scow that <laughs> some disgraced gull gets put in charge of and ends up riding that guy's coattails to being the head of a, of uh, <laughs> Cardassia when he is in no way equipped or prepared. No. Uh, Damar is like... You ever see a business with a high-profile CEO 
whose dad was also CEO of that company. Yes. And you know, the only reason they were there are there is because they were the right place at the right time. Yeah. Like Steve Apples and Chris Apples. Yeah. 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 Of the Apple Corporation. Yeah. The Apple Corporation. Um, So it's just, Damar is that guy. Damar is the guy who doesn't belong where he is and is trying to make the best out of it and knows that if he doesn't act like he's the person who's supposed to be there, that where he is, that he will be just immediately killed and thrown away. Yes. And so he has to just, oh, it's so good. I love Damar. Damar's so good. Damar's great. When does Damar come in? Damar comes in, uh, it'll be middle of uh, season four. Okay, so I'm getting there on my rewatch right now. Yeah, because it is during the Cardassian War with the Klingons. Okay. Um, and he's just the number two guy on a shitty ship who yep. ends up being the second to Gul Dukat when he becomes Cardassian Robin Hood, mm-hmm. who then becomes Cardassian uh, Chief of State, and he's number two. <laughs> yep. And just rides that wave. All right. I really... I resisted for a very long time watching too much Star Trek trying to get what you guys are saying. Um, and then Ben went and listened to Dune on audiobook. So yeah. I'm at least halfway there to my, my Kickstarter goal of watching of, Star of, Trek. Of you guys buying into my stuff so that I can buy into your stuff. So Jafar. I wasn't going to tell you this, Chris, <laughs> but I've been reading Dune for the last month. It's taken me time because it's, it's a lot to digest and it's reading it is an experience in and of itself. And so I'm not rushing it by any means. Um, but I've been actively reading Dune uh, to the point where I have a musical parody planned of Dick in a Box, where it's put your hand in the box um, for the Bene Gesserit test. There's a whole thing. So consider me bought in. <laughs> for a second, I thought that you were just lying so that I would watch more Star Trek. And then you mentioned the box and the box along with the Bene Gesserit Gamjabar which is the needle that administers the metapoison. Yeah, the poison, yeah. Yeah, metacyanide. Yeah, um, you don't, but you can't move your neck out of fear because then the poison will get you. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta resist the pain. Yeah, it's a test for determining whether or not you're human. And I'm so happy that I'm going to go home and watch some Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bridges between our lonely islands <laughs> have been repaired. <laughs> Thank you for investing your 30 pieces of wood. Yeah. That's a, that's a Stardew Valley joke. So, so Jafar, last I, pick. I got the last pick, and I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I got seven choices left. Yep. And Chris had mentioned he had kind of spanned medium medias. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that I've kind of accidentally done the same. I've got uh, literary with Grima Wormtongue. I've got real life with the man spiders. Um <laughs> 21 and 24 are TV, and number two is movies. And I do have a pick that is from a video game. It is from a recent video game. Oh, okay. I was, I was and I will you're say going to go with uh, generator number two from uh, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> the Mako generators? Reactor. The reactors. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to go with Mako reactor number two. Um, or anyone from Avalanche, because... Or anyone from Final Fantasy VII, well, the Turks. Shin- Shinra Corp. Yeah. It would be mostly that. Well, I mean, they're ter- Avalanche is terrorists, so 
Anyone who works for Barrett is a henchman. Uh, oh. Legend Biggs. Yeah, but they're not henchmen for very long. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. <laughs> Some of them aren't henchmen for very long at all. Um, but one character who is a henchman, despite his best efforts, um, through the entire length of the game that he is a part of, is my pick. And I just need you to have a little bit more faith in me, Arthur Morgan, from Red Dead Redemption 2. I like it. I, I thought you were going to go with uh, the protagonist from uh, Bioshock. <laughs> oh, I had thought about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, spo- spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. For a, what, 12-year-old game? Okay, okay, listen. <laughs> Which is in itself you... a gritty reboot of a 20-year-old game. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were spoiled by this last bit, we deeply apologize. Um, we have a plan to remedy this. Would you kindly pick up that hammer? Um, <laughs> don't do it, Chris. Would you kindly hit yourself in the head until you don't remember what was just spoiled? Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, would you kindly get your friends to listen to this podcast and like, rate, and subscribe to us? Is that our first ask for rate and subscribes? Which like been over a year. I feel it's like a, we don't do that. It's technically not an ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would you kindly review us on itunes or send us mail i need to get an itunes account so i can review us on itunes (laughs) all right so now let's go into uh not our honorable mentions yeah i've got would you kindly viewer mail would you kindly share oh wait yeah we got viewer mail yeah sorry ben would you kindly read that for us i will uh so this is from uh from seth oh hi seth Friend Hi, of the pod, Seth. Seth. Yep. So I'm still way behind, but I just wanted to make a couple of comments on the RPG draft, so a little bit ago, oh, uh, that I just finished listening to. We were just and talking about RPGs. Please, if you're behind and have comments, still share them. Yeah. One, Ben, I usually think you get robbed in a lot of the drafts. Thanks for realizing that. But this was not one of those times. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the criteria just didn't come up in your favor. Your poem was great, though. I do love Poetry Corner. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Two, I know it's questionable as an RPG, but I'm disappointed that neither Harvest Moon nor Stardew Valley came up as an honorable mention. Didn't you take Harvest Moon, Chris? In the RPG draft? Um, I don't think so. I don't have that record. I don't know. That's in a different Oh, no, you took that for N64 games. Yes. Yes. Which you'll get to, Seth, after... You'll hear this after that, though, so... And then three... I'm glad uh, to know I'm not the only one that hasn't finished a lot of games. <laughs> yep. Uh, cheers, yeah. oh, Seth. Pretty much. Well, thank you, Seth, for writing in. We really appreciate that. Uh, and I do get robbed in a lot of these. Um, so <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vindication. Until I used an automated program to mine my Steam account uh, for uh, trading cards... I would estimate that like 90% of the time that I had spent on games was spent playing the first four to 10 hours of them um, (laughs) repeatedly Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I am the kind of person who can't set a game down and then come back to it. Like if more than two weeks have passed, I have to restart it. It's a weird, really weird quirk. um, And it's prevented me from stopping. Sorry. It's prevented me from finishing a lot of games. Yeah. Of course, 
that is not the case with Final Fantasy VII, which I was recently prevented from from finishing by losing my, my goddamn save file, which was fucking forty hours in. Whew. I'm telling you, just download one off the internet that's in the same spot. Oh, I you can can't. find one that's close. I have to do it legit because I beat Final Fantasy VIII once legit. Right, and I just need to have that Final Fantasy VII once legit under my belt. I didn't get it while I was a kid. I understand that some things are better when you're a kid, right? But I need it. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Chris, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Um, well, first off, I've got. Um, let's play the stinger once more, one more time. Resident Visions. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Moods a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. Not in the mood for details. Now you listen to me. I want details and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. Resident Visions. Of Dune. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm having a prescient vision right now that Fade Rotha Harkonnen, uh, will end up being, uh, a runaway favorite in the new film because he was pretty much a runaway favorite in the old film too, because he was played by Sting. Um, Have they cast that role yet? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Um, it would be interesting if they, uh, got like John Mayer. (laughs) (laughs) That's... (sighs) <laughs> I feel like John Mayer in the bathing suit. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I would want for Fedratha. Um, but he is, uh, him and his, uh, I think his brother, I think they're brothers, uh, Beast Raban are, uh, b- like really compelling henchmen. Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> is that cast? No, I'm just. Oh, okay. Or Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I mean, that's how good that suggestion was. Was like, oh, they got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got <laughs> they've got Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron Harkonnen. Yeah. So, fuck, yeah. Fuck. Why not get the rest of the family? <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're good. It yeah. would work. <laughs> it would work. The other um, honorable mention that I have, I had to like. I had to work out how to even find what their names were. Cause as far as I'm aware, their names have, are not uttered on screen. Um, their names and I'll see, I'll, I'll give you their names and then you guys guess if you know, um, where they're from. Pintel and Rosetti. Pintel and Rosetti. No, I do not know them. Jafar. No, not offhand. Um, now I don't know which one is which, but one of them is the pirate with a fake eye, and the other one is oh, the pirate yeah. who says, Come here, Muppet. Um, those dudes are great. Yeah, no, they're they're they are the highlight of the pirates films. Yeah, they are the highlight of the pirates films. They haven't shown up in recent pirate films because one of the two of them decided that he had done enough of it. Which is I understand. Which is fair. Um, but yeah, honorable shout out to those dudes. I think those are like pretty stereotypical henchmen. Alright. Um, I have a couple that I'm sad I didn't get to, uh, Red Grant from, from Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. I believe he is the, the perfect Bond villain. Um, and then from the other side, uh, Zenya Anatop is just the most fun 
Bond villain. She yeah. is the person who is like, I am in a Bond movie. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this. <laughs> and you're just like, Femke Jensen, you are having too much fun. And I am enjoying every minute you are on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Ringo from Tombstone. Uh, Michael Bain uh, mm-hmm. as the the great antagonist. Uh, just intimidating the hell out of everyone except for Doc Holliday. And it's so great. Uh, Carl from Die Hard. Uh, he's the, the main uh, henchman to Alan Rickman. Uh, the mm-hmm. prototypical henchman, Igor. Yeah. From Frankenstein. Fair enough. Uh, from uh, from plays, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Uh, they were on my honorable mention list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're so great. Uh, from video games, uh, Vaz from uh, Far Cry 3. The henchman's so great that once you kill him and move on to the main boss, you're just like, this guy sucks. Bring back the henchman. <laughs> uh, the henchman you really don't even realize is a henchman until yeah. halfway through the game. Yeah, it's like, oh, he was working for somebody else. Oh, I yeah. thought he was the... He's on the cover. Why is he <laughs> not the main bad guy? Yeah. And then I wanted to pick him, but I had a feeling it would be too hard. The greatest that guy henchman of all time, the actor Al Long. He is the uh, uh, he's the Asian henchman with long hair and uh, a Fu Manchu. That is the henchman in everything from the eighties and nineties. Okay, give me some examples here. Uh, he is in uh, Die Hard. He is in uh, Twenty Four. Uh, let me pull up. Uh, so, uh, Last Action Hero, Big Trouble in Little China, Lethal Weapon, Escape from L.A. Uh, if I, if you look at the picture of this guy, you have seen this guy in a dozen movies. Yep. Uh, he is the great, one of the greatest background that guy actors of all time, <laughs> and his henching uh, prowess is second to none. All right. I got a big list of honorable mentions, too. Um, start off with Bane. From uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, the protagonist of every Grand Theft Auto game <laughs> is yeah. a henchman. Usually. Starts, uh, starts, at least he starts off. Grand Moff Tarkin, who yep. I was thinking about taking, and then you took Vader, and I'm all like, eh, what's the point? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Django Fett, similar circumstance. Mm-hmm. And Count Dooku, similar circumstance. Not General Grievous, though. Not General Grievous, no. Okay. Um, well, General Grievous is a general. I know. I, don't, I just he seems like more of a full fledged bad guy to me, even mm-hmm. though I know it's the same circumstance with Count Dooku. Um, also, uh, the Clone Wars TV show basically ruined General Grievous for me. He is way more of a a slide whistle in that show. Yeah, he gets stopped by Jar Jar. He does, but he does kill Captain Tarpos, which is sad. Um, and then last two. Um, I've got a pair, Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. Classic henchman. And then, uh, Joachim from Wrath of Khan. I will avenge you! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, funny that you should make a joke about Final Fantasy VII. Biggs and Wedge, who are, by most rational people's, uh, uh, recollection from Final Fantasy VII, actually heroes. 
Yes. Are actually henchmen in Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> they're, yes. They are in, aren't they, every they're uh, in, Final they're Fantasy? Also, they're yeah. not in every Final well, Fantasy. Well, after seven. After six. After six. Okay. They are yeah. henchmen in Final Fantasy VI as well. Yeah. Uh, working for Kefka. Yeah. And then in nine, I don't remember them. Nine, you have the two, like, weird clown dudes who are kind of taking their place. Okay. Um, in yeah. ten, aren't they blitzball players? Yep. I think so. Um... I don't remember where they're at in 12. Yeah. I purposely forgot everything about 13. <laughs> um, and then in 15, they're like shop owners or something. They're like, they're tertiary characters. I don't remember them in Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm glad you can contribute, Ben. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to throw a little love at Final Fantasy VIII, um, Fujin and Raijin and Cypher. Technically, all henchmen. Yeah. Fujin and Raijin are fun because they are basically anime characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then we have the Emperor in six is a henchman to his general Kefka in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun twist there. Yeah. God, Final Fantasy VI is so good because it's the only game that truly lets the villain win. Like, straight up. Halfway through the game, Kefka wins. He literally destroys the world. Like, so it's you're pra- so good. You're praising this game because the bad guy won in it. Well, he. I think he wins I know, halfway through. I think I knew. I think I know my honorable mention for the best henchman at this table. Who, who would that be? The man spiders underneath. Would you kindly slowly mind slowly pulling at your leg? Would you kindly mind if we don't talk about this anymore? <laughs> Would you kindly thank the kickstand band? Thanks, as always, to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Would you kindly check out and purchase their music at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com? And would you kindly shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse@gmail.com? Let us know who your favorite henchmen are. While you're at it, would you kindly hop on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse? Or if you're on Twitter, would you kindly check out at drafttheverse? And if you're going to use either platform to engage with us, would you kindly use the hashtag drafttheuniverse? We'll see you next week, Internet. Would you kindly check out Amanda Palmer's new album? Oh, it's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Just be ready to cry. It is a total tear fest.
has has that happened in real life? Mickey, Mickey Batman. I'm not. I'm not familiar with it. If it is somebody, some some cartoon character has played Batman before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I feel like yes, but I don't know. Yeah. 